and welcome to MoCo Says Create. Creating is hard. Get inspired and learn with us. I'm Monica Maldonado, and I'm joined with or by... With or by Corey Willis, whichever you prefer. <laughs> I guess so. Here he is, everyone. <laughs> and I'm the Mo in MoCo. He's the Co in MoCo. I'm pretty sure that makes sense now. We don't have to explain that every time. Yeah, I don't think we ever need to explain that ever again. Okay. It's just people were wondering. People were wondering <laughs> if we were boogers. Yeah. <laughs> and welcome to episode number four. That's right. And today we're going to be talking about research versus getting stuff done. Yes, we all know how much research fun is research is. Research is the mortal enemy of getting <laughs> stuff done. It's the frenemy. <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was her idea. Yeah, remember from 20 seconds ago when you said that? And <laughs> well, I was like, okay. no. Because, I mean, we're going to talk about it. Research is so important, but it's also annoying for so many reasons. And so many reasons. Yeah. So we'll get to explaining that. Yeah. So it's the old dilemma. You walk into the library, you can turn to the left and look at all the researchy books. You can learn about the history of some dynasty you can like look up photograph and illustration guides or you can turn right and go in the study room and get stuff done yeah do some sketching or write the first draft of your short story yep it's as Corey called the ancient dilemma the ancient dilemma <laughs> it I... is a dilemma and i didn't think about it like that until you wrote it i was like <laughs> oh my gosh he's so right i'm so right <laughs> Because there is the study room, and then there is the research part, which is like the mm -hmm. entire library. So you could spend all day in the yeah, entire library. Got it stacked against you, big library, yeah. out to make sure you don't get stuff done. Yeah, and right. what's funny is the study room is like really tiny. It's always small. <laughs> yep. So it's like you could spend all day. You'll spend most of the day in the big library rather than the small study room, which is yeah. where things actually get done. Exactly. The struggle. Mm, that's right. <laughs> yep. So we're going to go over some practical ways to help yourself uh, get the research, you know, because you need the research mm -hmm. for most things. Like yeah. if you're going to set a story in a certain time period, mm -hmm. well, you should probably at least know a couple things about that time period <laughs> yeah. and not just make stuff up and then look really stupid when people review your book. And like, did you read anything about this? Oh. And then with art, you know, if you, yeah, you want to do a new technique, a new style, right? you can't just jump into it. Um, right, looking... you want to learn from the people who have done the work already and you just glean the knowledge they have. Yeah. But if you spend six months in the library and all you do is research every day for six months, um, well, you'll know something really well. And then, <laughs> like, so what did you create all that time? Oh. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. It was sad. And then you finally start it and then you're like, well, actually, I think I want to set it in this time period oh, instead. Oh, man, no. <laughs> You know, so you have to get stuff done, too. Yeah. Yeah. The same thing with artists, I guess, creators in general. Looking, you can spend so many hours looking for reference photos, even. Just reference photos. Like, trying to find that perfect reference photo. And then you'll never actually get to experimenting whatever object you wanted to paint or create. So, yeah. Yeah. And the, the same goes for Wikipedia. Like, you're just, I'm just going to quickly read on Wikipedia about this time period or this person this historical person or just some uh some scientific concept and then you know a day and a half later you're like what happened where where did the time go oh wikipedia what happened what happened yes i agree so we all agree that research is important 
but it can be all of these awful things at the same time. Just awful. So what is the first tip that we want to share? The first tip is scheduling. Mm-hmm. It's, I feel like almost every topic <laughs> we talk about scheduling comes scheduling, up. Because I feel like scheduling so is integral to getting stuff done, yeah. no matter what you're doing. And what you want is discrete times for research mm-hmm. and discrete times for actually doing the thing, whether it's writing or painting, whatever. You have to separate them out. Yes. I agree. I was letting you cough. It looked like oh. she was like trying to cough and I was going to let you better cough. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. She's over there dying. <laughs> I was oh. like, no, I don't need to cough. But then when you said just cough, I was like, oh, I guess I do, huh? <laughs> And then I did. <laughs> you sure look like you needed to cough. Okay, well, I'm good now. But That's yes, good. I was going to continue what you were saying. Um, how, at least with myself, I like spending time each day studying a new topic or a new technique. Um, because I think that's the most efficient way to learn something new. Um, rather than, you know, okay, on Monday, I am going to teach myself watercolor. You know, something that is, I, I don't watercolor. <laughs> I've tried it, but it's something that I know nothing really about. So it's like, okay, I could Monday, I'm just going to learn everything there is about watercolor, about paint, about brushes, about technique, everything. And I could do it, but I don't think it's as efficient as, okay, this week I'm going to spend 20 minutes every day, you know, maybe looking up a tutorial on watercolor, maybe color mixing, maybe learning about values or something different each day rather than overwhelming myself all in one day. Um, so, yeah, definitely setting those times out. And then I also think it's important to have like, I don't know what you could call it, like a section. Um, like I'm thinking of Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> so on Pinterest, you pin like pictures or links or whatever to certain boards so like in my head if I want to learn something new like a new technique say an oil painting I'll have like an oil painting board new technique something and then every little link or every little thing or reference photo I find related to that I'll pin it and then I'll Mm -hmm. add these pins throughout you know weeks or months or however it is I'm giving myself that time to learn something and then I'll look back into it and realize, wow, I have all of these reference photos collected and I forgot about these. This is so helpful now, more helpful than it was back when I pinned it at first. Um, so have giving yourself, you know, weeks, days, months, whatever, to collect all of that information will help your brain so much, like absorb that new information rather than I'm going to pin all there is in the whole entire world in one hour and then finally finish this huge different project of something I know nothing about by, I don't know, 3 p.m. today. (laughs) It's just too much. Well, and I I think you touched on something. There's two separate things here. There's scheduling Uh and then there's archiving. Archiving. That's an amazing word. (laughs) So um, I do this if I'm, so I I just started working on a radio drama Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of techniques I'm unfamiliar with. Like, okay, how do I scene transition in a, in a radio play? It's very different from other mediums. Like in film, well, I just do a fade in, fade out. And mm. it's like you can do audio fade in and out, but there's also like you have the narrator do it. You have oh the music gosh, chime yeah. and come in and then transition with new audio. So what I did is I, I have that saved in a file dedicated to radio drama um, files, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, uh, resources. So that way when I work in a radio drama and, you know, if I let's say I... I 
I don't write a radio drama for a couple months and I come back to mm-hmm. it. And like, how did that work again? Where did I find that article? Yeah. And then you're Googling all over again, wasting uh, hours trying re- to re- find researching it. the yeah. same thing again. So cataloging these resources that you find online in books, even just like write down the name of the book and the pages on it, if it's a book uh-huh. in your document with all your other materials um, and you will save yourself so much trouble. Yes. And that even, okay, so if you're researching a time period, you, you have like the 1600s research file. It just be a Microsoft Word di- a file, a, a Google Drive doc, and just list all of your resources right there. So that way, when it comes to like relearning it, because that's the thing is you're not like you're talking about, like if you spend all these hours researching, when you mm-hmm. come back, your retention level is probably going to be pretty low. <laughs> yeah. So if you have it all tucked away and easy to get at, yes. then when it, when you want to come back to it or like, what was I need to fill in that gap in this this part? you know exactly where it is and you're not wasting time again re-researching over and over. Yeah, I agree. And I think another like key is organization. <laughs> like a lot, I feel like I know a few artists or like me myself, I'm not super organized. <laughs> um, a lot of artists aren't, a lot of creators aren't. But if you really want to be an efficient efficient in learning a new technique something that you're not familiar with at all it's going to take a lot of organization like you just need to push yourself and say okay I want to change I want to do this new thing get organized learn how to google drive learn how to pin learn how to I don't know organize yourself whether it's through the web or physically with you know actual art books bookmarks whatever works for you you just need to find it and apply yourself and stay organized yeah, well, and, and for like art resources, a lot of times having it on paper is much more satisfying. Yeah. And also the paper they're printed on presents the art in a much better light than just mm-hmm. on your computer screen. Like yeah. it's a very different experience. So like I have a lot of art books on my shelf for that mm-hmm. exact reason. Even though it's like, oh, I could just Google it probably. Uh, it's nice having that on paper too. Yeah, I agree. Art books are so cool. They're so cool. I love art books. <laughs> <laughs> So the next uh, segment is on journaling. Why don't you launch us into that one? (laughs) Yeah, so for me, when it comes to creating art, you know, drawing, oil painting, watercolors, whatever, um, before I liked, before learning a new technique, I guess, I think it's a good idea to experiment with it and to play around with it before you apply it on this huge canvas that you're planning to sell or that you're planning to, I don't know, if it's a commission maybe, or you're planning to hang on your on your mother's wall in her kitchen <laughs> or her living room. Play around with this new technique first. Um, so I like to have a journal, a mixed media journal, so that I can not only just do sketches in, but oil painting and watercolor, acrylic, whatever kind of paint. And sometimes you need to have a really certain type of like thick mixed media paper or gesso it so that the oil painting will stay on it <laughs> and it will absorb it. Um, and if you're going to look up on tutorials or use art books as references for this new technique, make sure you're playing around with it in a journal rather than playing around with it on canvas because canvas is expensive. <laughs> and journals, you have like 150 pages to play around with and you're not spending as much money um and i think it's just the best way to learn and feel confident in learning this new technique 
because you can make mistakes and it's not going to be as overwhelming. It's not going to be like, oh, I, I just made this huge mistake on a canvas and now I have to give it to my mother and it's stuck there forever. Like, no, play around with it first. And I'm, it's hard for me to do that. I like to just get to the canvas. But when I do experiment in my journal, I feel much better because I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I'm pumped. I can do this. I played around with it. So that's really what I um, wanted to expand on with the journaling note. Yeah, and, and the same goes for um, in storytelling. So I've started probably like four different novels. Mm -hmm. And then I would get mm, a quarter to 50% of the way through it. And it would just kind of fizzle out mm. over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Um, one, because like I, I didn't study structure enough. Um, to like kind of set it up better. Mm. So then what I did is I started just iterating on short stories, getting feedback, taking that feedback into a new story, then s submitting that to my writer's group and then doing that over and over. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, uh, you're talking about like wasted money buying the supplies. Yeah. It's not so much an issue with writing because <laughs> you're writing on a computer. Yeah, you're right. But what you're wasting is time. Yes. Lots of time. Oh my gosh. And you know, I've those novels like I'll probably never go back to because they're broken, mm -hmm. which I mean, in a way, it wasn't a waste because I was still learning. Right. You learned all those things. But why not learn with a thousand to three thousand words versus 50,000 yeah, words or more? Yeah, a whole novel that you wanted to do. Right. Exactly. So it, you, you learn so much and so much faster that like. So if you wanted, I keep bringing up time periods because I feel like time periods are the, are, I feel like the ones where you can sink the most time into. Yeah. Like if you want to make an accurate representation of like the early 1800s, mm -hmm. like you, you've seen some TV shows, you have like some little nuggets that are probably not true. Yeah. And, you know, if you're doing fiction, you, at some point you don't care that much about making it unless it's a period piece, then you do care. Right. But why not make a short story set in that time period? kind of in a simpler scope where you're not dealing with as many moving parts and you can like study those specific elements like what kind of cars were they driving i need a car mm. and those simpler things or you know, or cars didn't exist were they using a cart yeah and what kind of cart was it just some basic things and then you can you can exercise in a much smaller scope yeah and that way you're not wasting so much time on these huge projects where you're researching and then you're like, I didn't even like this. <laughs> so doing a short story, you might feel like, actually, I really don't like this time period. It's not that in as interesting as I thought it would be. And then mm. you do another short story in the 1600s. And you're like, wow, this is way more interesting. <sighs> and then you do your whole novel set in that same time period. And you didn't have to like waste. Yeah. Writing and you have novel confidence the other one. that you know this period. Right. Exactly. And then from the feedback, if a lot of people liked it. Once you polish it up, then it's like, okay, I, I, I feel good about working in this, exactly. in this yeah. time period around these, this genre, this type of character, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. Getting so yeah, feedback. the same applies. It's wasting time, money. You can waste so many different resources. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, when you were saying pieces, because that made me think back to, guess what? Music. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's always music. If she knows, if she knows the definition of a word, it's only in a music context. Yeah. Like, you know, this word. Oh, yeah. It means like oh, a quarter eighth note. I'm like, no, yeah. well, that's not. I mean, yes, it also means that. But, you know, that's the like only your way. average person would not think of that. They would think like, of this other definition. I think one word was like you said exposition one day. I think it was exposition. You're yeah. like, do you know what the exposition is? And I'm like, yeah, it's a part of a like piano. I forget, like sonata or. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a sim it's a part of the symphony or something i forget what it was exactly and i was like yeah the first movement is the exposition that's where they you know expose the new theme yeah. or the notes and you're like oh my gosh you just face palm yourself like you always do <laughs> <laughs> like i but, always do and, and what's funny is like you had the root yeah. the same root of the words so like you were almost there <laughs> Like what exposition is, <laughs> but it wasn't quite there. Yeah. Because you only do the music context. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, everyone. That's her. Um, but yeah, kind of going back to what you were saying about pieces, it reminds me of, you know, where either with my music students or myself as a music student, as a musician, I, I didn't just go straight into, oh, I'm going to play this Beethoven sonata. Like, I had to get there. I had to build. I had to start somewhere. If I wanted to learn something about the classical period, it's like, okay, let's start with, you know, classical book level one or whatever <laughs> and learn about the classical period. Learn about the phrasing that was used in that classical period. Don't just jump into it because you can play the notes and it'll be like, note, 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 <laughs> note, note. But if you know nothing about the classical period and the phrasing, it's gonna, it's not going to sound classical at all. So study up on not just reading the classical notes, not just mm -hmm. like, oh, let's read about this technique, but apply it, like know the history about it before you get into dun, 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 the Mozart sonata or Beethoven thing. I don't know, <laughs> but like build into it and it's going to take time, like you were saying, um, but that's the only way it's going to be efficient is if you allow yourself to be the student, to be a learner rather than, oh, I'm a I'm an aficionado in this thing that I just looked an over aficionado. in an hour. <laughs> like, give yourself time and don't be afraid um, to just learn and make mistakes. Exactly. And to recap here, the best way to handle research mm -hmm. is to schedule your discrete research and creating times, yeah. getting stuff done times. And then after that, journaling mm -hmm. or just iterating on smaller projects around the, the key concept to get better at it. Yeah. And then I think that was it. That I was thought there was a it. third point, but then because <laughs> uh, we had a third point on here, but it's kind of the second. Point. Yeah. Yeah. But I do want to add if I can add. Can I add something? Sure. Um, I guess this kind of goes back to scheduling like time management, but in the midst of learning these two new techniques or new style, whatever it is you're trying to learn in order to apply it into some new big project that you've never done before, I think it's important to really make time for what you're already used to, what you're already comfortable at doing, what you're already strong at. So like with me, it's oil painting and painting, I don't know, weird swirly lines. <laughs> and so... Rather than just telling myself, I just need to watercolor all week long until I become a master at watercolor. It's like, no, I'm going to watercolor today. And then tomorrow, I'm going to oil paint because that's what I know about. That's what I'm a, air quote, master at so that I have that confidence. I think it's so important to just be confident in your craft um, rather than just, you know, uh, what's the word? Like <laughs> getting... No, rather than being too harsh on yourself, like, oh, I'm horrible. I'm a horrible artist just because you can't do watercolor on your first day. Right. <laughs> like, still dabble in what you're already good at so that you're not losing your confidence in your craft, if 
that makes sense. Right. You know, don't don't beat yourself up. Don't uh, beat up your self-esteem too much. Yeah. Give, and give, yourself, give yourself something you know you're good at. That way you can like, yeah, let's try it. Pat myself on the back. <laughs> I did pretty good. Pretty much. I mean, because we need that, especially as creators. You need to feel good in what you create um, or else people will kind of see it. Like, I find that when I force myself to paint something on a day that I'm like not feeling as confident and I show my work to somebody, they'll be like, eh, hmm. nice. That's nice. That's nice. And I'm mm. like, mm. <laughs> But they're right. It really was just nice because I wasn't feeling it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's nothing There's nothing worse than saying, oh, it looks pretty good. Uh, that story was pretty good. Uh, oh, that painting's pretty good. It's nice. It's like pretty good <laughs> equals the worst thing you've ever made. I and know. it's awful. Yeah. It's like I want people's jaws to drop every single time. This is not fair. It's not nice. <laughs> it's not nice. <laughs> it's not just nice. But yeah. Um, no, just, yeah. Don't tell yourself, I'm moving to watercolors now and I'm just going to be a watercolorist. That's right. No, you can be everything. Just be e go easy on yourself. That's right. Go easy on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I think that closes it pretty well. Our discussion, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On research versus getting stuff done. Yeah, and get out there and get stuff done. Yeah. Get out of the research section and get into that. <laughs> That quiet working, or actually, like I guess they call it like the loud room. At least our library. It's like, You're right, it like does. The loud it's called room. the loud like, room. Yeah, the get in there room. and scream into your paper or something. <laughs> scream at your laptops. Yeah. Yep, that's probably why they made a loud room for those angry artists. Mm -hmm. That's right. <laughs> so now we're going to uh, go over what inspired us this week. Yeah, Corey, what inspired you this week? Oh, it's I go I'm first. I'm interested. Okay. I'm interested. <laughs> Um, so mine is Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I've been going to a friend's house and watching it every Monday night for a while now. Yeah. Before that, we watched uh, Death Note. And we watched all of that. We've dabbled with a, cu a couple other shows, but Brotherhood, we're like on like the second to last season. Mm -hmm. Season four, I think. But cool. um, the show is just really well written. Nice. Like, I, I liked the original Full Metal Alchemist show back in the day, but they basically went past where the manga had been written up to. Mm -hmm. So it kind of went off, like, the story kind of derailed and oh. was kind of crappy. Whereas this one is all, it's it was made after the manga was done now, so it's much better. Gotcha. Like, the overall story. And I, the thing I like the most um, that I'm always inspired by and in trying to figure out how to, how to like, steal <laughs> is the um, the ramping up of the scale of things where so the magic in the world is they draw these transmutation circles in the ground mm -hmm. it's like a, a circle and they have lines in it and they can uh, basically uh, change matter like oh. exchange matter like they put in something and then they can create something from that or something essentially but they keep raising the stakes and making it like oh they're like creating those same circles but on the scale of like oh it's surrounding the entire country Spoilers. <laughs> it's an old show now, so it's like oh, okay. spoiling the show. Okay. Music. Come on. <laughs> it's like spoiling Star Wars. Oh. Oh. Darth Vader's Luke's father. Spoilers. <laughs> um, but it's just the, the scale of like that. It's the same magic system, but just applied to like this really cool scale where you're like looking at a map of the country and like realizing they're like trenching out this magic circle to just like sacrifice everyone inside the entire country. It's like, whoa. That's intense. It's really cool. But it's just the way it's handled and 
and all the character writing is is just inspiring. I'm always like, oh, oh man, cool. I like really like the way they did that. Yeah. Character arc. Yeah. Or where that's the the overall story setting. It's really yeah. cool. That's neat. I still haven't watched. This is a show, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's an, it's an anime. <laughs> anime. Yeah. Based on the manga. I remember watching something about it on Hulu a long time ago when like Hulu was kind of new. Oh, okay. And I was like, what is this? What is this? I don't know which one it was, but yeah, <laughs> I need to finish that. I need to go back. There's too many yeah. shows, Corey. There's too, too many, many shows. shows. <laughs> My inspiration this week is Jake Parker. I think I've told you about him before, the illustrator. You won't shut up, blah, shut up about him. <laughs> blah, blah. I won't shut up about him? What? Yeah. Um, but I, so I follow him on Instagram too, and... I guess, I don't know, he's been on Instagram, but, like, not as often as before. He's the guy, I think he founded Inktober. Like, he started Inktober, I should say. Oh, okay. So, um, he wasn't as active, I guess. I guess because, like, you know, it's summer. Vacation, family time. And so he finally posted a drawing that he did. It's, like, a dino hybrid robot thing. And he always does that. Like, he turns things into robots. And you know how much I love robots. Yes, we do. I love robots. <laughs> uh, and I especially love the way Jake Parker draws robots because what this kind of goes along with the research thing what he did was he researched and took a lot of references reference photos of like machines actual machines like airplanes like the engines inside cars and motorcycles and he studied how those work and then he applied that to his illustration knowledge in order to create a robot and so he like imitates the design of engines or like propellers or something and he draws them so well like they're so detailed and that's because he took so much time studying machines and I'm like wow that's dedication <laughs> because studying machines is so intimidating like all of these things going here and there and there and he does it he makes it look so easy it's not <laughs> um so yeah he's definitely always inspired me just with his motivation to create um, and he always posts like a lot of motivating videos about creating on YouTube and everywhere, really. Um, so, yeah, just seeing that dinosaur picture that he drew and posted this week, I was like, oh, he's back. Aww. Even though he wasn't like gone, it's just I go on Instagram like every day and right. he's not posting every day. He hasn't posted in like <laughs> three days. Oh, no. He does so many things, though. He's like this Superman of illustration. Superman. Um, so, yeah, that's mine. And I think if you are an artist, you should check him out on Instagram and his website and yeah, Twitter yeah. and everything. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll follow him everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And next we're going to talk about what we're working on just for some good old fashioned accountability. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We all love accountability. No. <laughs> no. No, we don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I'm working on a new radio show Ooh. called, it's not called, Ooh. sorry, that's that not, was me, interested. That's, not the, that's me, comma, interested. <laughs> no, it is called Enter Oblivious, mm -hmm. and it is a radio drama um, in the style of old shows like X minus one for really old people, and Think of like a radio drama version of Twilight Zone oh, I for older Twilight but Zone. slightly younger people. Yep. And then for really young people, <laughs> it's like that 
that new podcast, Welcome to Night Vale. Oh. Except not a comedy. Gotcha. Like some episodes of it will be slightly comedic, but that show is definitely like it's creepy, but it's definitely a comedy. Mm. I remember you talking about it. Like yeah, it's it's great. It's really good, but um, that one is more of a straight up comedy, whereas this one is gotcha. not. Is a little more serious. Yes. Than, oh yes. 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 It is serious. Oh very. <laughs> so I'm working on. I finished the first script, and then uh-huh. I have a couple other uh, story outlines finished. So so next week, over the next week, I will be working on finishing up those scripts, and then we'll start recording them, and then yeah, eventually you'll hear them. But they. Uh, they take a lot more production than yeah. just a regular podcast because it involves more people and editing and sound effects and yeah. lots of music and all that jazz. <laughs> so it'll be a little bit until it's out. But uh, I'm yeah, excited. That's, that's what I'm working on. It's a cool on. project. Yeah. I love it. Yep. <laughs> yep. Sorry, I was about to hiccup and I was going to speak <gasps> at the same time, but I'm like, no, yep. Wow, she's just coughing and, and <laughs> hiccuping. She's a professional. It's because I'm a human being. I'm a, I'm human, a human being. being. I have problems. And I have hiccup issues. I have hiccup <laughs> issues and all kinds of physical <laughs> maladies. Um, so this week, what I'm really working on is adding to my journal still daily um, as much as I can with the time I have. Um, and that's mainly oil painting and also illustrating. So one or the other. And then finally finishing my Norway painting. So... The painting is like kind of a fisheye lens perspective. Oh, what's it called? Something perspective. I forget. But it's of the city called, well, not city, like the, whoa, the, uh, ah, like section, like a downtown area of Norway, of Oslo. Grinilurka is what it was called. Grinilurka. Grinilurka. Derenarkas. <laughs> Derenarkas. Oh my gosh. Um, and... So I'm finally finishing that. I want it to be done before September, but guess what? It's the last week it's of not August. Ah, so I'm really hoping I finish it in September. Just sometime in September. That's my goal. Um, and yeah, that's kind of all I've been doing. All I've been up to. Nice. Well, yeah. keep it up. Keep I it will. Up. Yeah. Keep and it up. I'm also still teaching all my little students. <laughs> <laughs> we started the new school year. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was so excited. She's out of control today. I'm just, just, <laughs> just breaking the studio. I'm just so excited. Excited. She's excited. My students. She's so excited that she can't even I'm speak. So excited. The words. Yep. So there you go, people. So there you go. You can check us out on the web at mocosayscreate.com. Yeah, check us out. If you have any feedback, you can send us an email to mocosayscreate yeah. at gmail.com. Uh, we technically have our feedback at mocosescreate.com as well but yep. i keep forgetting about it at so gym, yeah and i Mocos guess we should com. we should say our actual new email address <laughs> yeah and if you like if you like what you hear we hope you do we hope it gives you some inspiration <laughs> or some you learn something with us yeah like us and follow us on the spotify <laughs> and like the itunes <laughs> and no i mean like really don't just listen to us and not subscribe because yeah, people right. do that yeah. They'll listen, what but are you they don't doing? subscribe. What are you doing? It's Click like, that subscribe button. If you've heard all these episodes smash that this like button. far. Like all the YouTubers say, smash that like button, right? Smash it. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> but yeah, what I'm saying is don't just, you know, be a weird stalker. Like actually yeah. commit to the relationship. Exactly. <laughs> Give something back. Give yeah. us a like. Give us a subscribe. Come on. <laughs> yep. 
All right. And until next time, Moco Moco says says create. You always forget that we're going to do the end, don't you? What? You always forget we're going to do that. Yes. Every single time I look at her and she's like, oh, yeah. We're going to do the Moko says create at the end, aren't we? What's the line? (laughs) What's my Line. line? Line.